today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Amanda Gorman, who became, who was the U.S. first poet laureate, youth poet laureate, and uh, coincidentally, we did this program last summer, and she was selected by Joe Biden to be the inaugural poet for his inauguration. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, when that happened, we we had discovered her and thought she was extraordinary as a new, almost like a new voice of a new generation. Uh, and we we did a whole campaign with her, which I can Chip and I can talk about in a minute. Um, but of course, when that was uh, when she became uh, the inaugural poet, it just she just went through the roof. She became the hottest celebrity, hottest young, inspiring voice in this country. I don't know if you heard her speak, but just extraordinary. I think her her present her um, her poem and her speech traveled around the world. It was extraordinary, uh, riveting, and we were just incredibly fortunate to have foreseen the power that she had. And to you know enlist her in this uh, program that we did together with you know with Truist and the United Way in the in the US. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor in Chief, Zach Miller. The best marketing and advertisements, they stay with you. They speak to the zeitgeist in the world at a specific time with the right words, the right imagery, and the right message. Creative agency Strawberry Frog has worked with Truist the combined BB&T and SunTrust Bank, on its rebranding. When COVID hit early in 2020, the team pivoted, launching a series of campaigns that spoke of hope and combined destiny that together will make it through. Strawberry Frog's CEO and founder, Scott Goodson, and head of strategy, Chip Walker, joined me on the podcast to take us behind the scenes of the Live United campaign that combines Truist, the United Way, and Youth Poet Laureate Amanda Gorman who delivers an inspirational message at a time it was needed most. Strawberry Frog won Tearsheet's Agency of the Year for 2021. Here's my discussion with Scott and Chip. Hello, I am Scott Goodson. I'm the founder of Strawberry Frog. Uh, We are a New York-based global uh, new modern marketing and consulting company. we work with uh, some of the largest uh, companies, uh, financial organizations in the world uh, to develop purpose strategies and then activate those inside the company to the employees and then externally to all sorts of stakeholders, including customers and, and clients um, and have a long history of working with um, Morgan Stanley internationally, Bank of Montreal, uh, Credit Suisse, and other financial institutions. Great. And Chip? Yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Chip Walker. Um, I had strategy at Strawberry Frog and have worked closely with Scott for a number of years, probably at least 15. Um, And uh, in in addition to uh, Truist, who we're going to talk about today, um, like Scott, I have many, many years doing uh, financial services uh, branding, creative, um, communication strategy, notably uh, Goldman Sachs uh, brand Redo, uh, which was right um, during the, the Great Recession when they were being called the uh, vampire squid. So that was a big challenge. And then right after that, Bank of America uh, brand Redo uh, during Occupy Wall Street, which was one of the toughest things I've ever worked on. 
But um, anyway, to, today, uh, again, work, working with Scott, among uh, other things, on Truist, um, and uh, glad to be here. So I have to imagine both of you uh, coming into 2020 uh, had a much different view for how the what the world looked like and how it transpired than than what happened. What 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 was your how did Strawberry Frog's playbook I guess evolve during 2020 in terms of your client? I, mean, I, I actually think that we we've been um, like thinking about this world we're living in and acting. Um, for this world we're living in well before this world happened. I think, uh, you know, we, Chip and I have both worked many years internationally. Uh, Chip worked in, in, in Central Europe. I worked in uh, Scandinavia. And very early on in the 90s, uh, companies were already back then developing purpose strategies at the core of their companies to drive positive change in society. So I think we grew out of that experience and we developed strategies for companies on the basis of that. So for example, you know, this last year and a half, we've been working on the merger between SunTrust and BB&T, which is I think the largest financial merger in the US, if not the world, to create Truist. But in 2017, uh, and uh, we developed, uh, we did the merger of uh, the National Bank of Abu Dhabi and First Gulf Bank, which at the time was the largest merger in the world to create, uh, first Abu Dhabi Bank, which is otherwise known as FAB. So we went from NBAD to FAB in, hmm. uh, in 2017. But, but, it, but that whole process was to develop a purpose strategy and then activate that with a movement at the time called Grow Stronger. Um, so I think, you know, we worked with financial brands and with this idea of, you know, working with leaders inside financial companies to develop purpose strategies, but more importantly, activating those purpose strategies inside the company to the employees and then externally in a tangible way, because that's really what matters these days is just what you talk about, but how you're actually helping to drive positive change. Yeah, yeah. And just just to build on that, in terms of purpose, we've, um, you know, I think for years, as we, we've kind of been the cultural movements agency, and a lot of that was about purpose and what is the brand's higher role in the world. So it's not just what are you doing in your category, but how are you making the world better? So we had that orientation for years. And then obviously, as COVID hit, it became very clear that um, our companies, our client companies, not only um, the bank, but uh, we represent a hospital system, a lot of other clients where um, there was a burning need for them to kind of get in there and make a difference. So um, our philosophy was kind of a natural fit for, for um, you know, what our clients needed at that point. Um, so, so I think we were pretty well poised um, to kind of deal with the issues around the pandemic. And, and this is a really difficult thing. I mean, I, if a lot of leaders develop purpose strategies, but they end up being either toothless or not act, you know, many companies as I'm sure you're aware, uh, don't really activate them. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge problem, isn't it? Especially when you've got real devastating challenges happening all around you, such as, you know, uh, physical, emotional and financial devastation, you know, mm -hmm. happening. So how do companies help to change that trajectory for their own people and also for their customers? It's a tough question. And, and that's something that Chip and I have been working on for 22 years. 
And you know, yeah. the, the, other, the other really big thing though was the, the need during the pandemic to move super fast. And as kind of a more agile and nimble agency, uh, you know, working with Truist, um, you know, they had PPP loans and that kind of stuff. They needed to turn around immediately, quickly, and communications going with it. Uh, and we had to be able to turn on it around on a dime during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, luckily, given our, our kind of size and orientation, we were able to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously, no one no one could have foreseen this. But, um, you know, if there ever was a time uh, to, to dive, to drill down and, and to find purpose, it was this past year. So, so take us behind um, the truest campaigns. Um, you know, it's March time, and you know, I think the world's beginning to really understand how how devastating this pandemic is. Um, how, how do you guys go into motion at that point? Well, I think uh, we were very fortunate to work with the leadership of Truist. Uh, they themselves, uh, Kelly King, who's the CEO, uh, Bill Rogers, who's the COO and will soon become CEO um, and other leaders, they developed a purpose right from the very beginning uh, called inspiring and building better lives and communities. The beginning so right of what, from, of, of the merger or correct. of, okay. Right, one of the first things that they did was to develop a purpose for this new entity, this new financial um, organization which was extraordinary. I mean, for the most part, Chip and I tend to work with companies where that's on the laundry list of the top 10 priorities, it's number 10, uh, 12, you know, and then they ask us to do it. Here you have the leadership of the organization sitting down and actually working through this, which, you know, is, has a, a lot of benefits. First of all, it gives you uh, a, a reason to be beyond just obviously the financial transactional side of things, but more importantly, it really is a strong way of gelling the management team, bringing them together to build a common point of view. So anyway, we started with that. And when the when COVID hit, I, I, can, I think we were literally the first financial institution in the world to come out with, if not the first, at least one of the first, to come out with a program called Truest Cares. And that again was a, a strategy developed by the leadership, uh, which was about helping communities. And we activated that Truest Cares uh, strategy in a number of campaigns. Um, and one of them, which has generated tremendous uh, awareness and engagement is a program we did together with Amanda Gorman, who became, who was the US first poet laureate, youth poet laureate. And uh, coincidentally, we did this program last summer and she was selected by Joe Biden to be the inaugural poet for his inauguration. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, when that happened, we, we had discovered her and thought she was extraordinary as a new, almost like a new voice of a new generation. Uh, and we, we did a whole campaign with her, which I can, Chip and I can talk about in a minute. Um, but of course, when that was, uh, when she became uh, the inaugural poet, it just, she just went through the roof. She became the hottest celebrity hottest young inspiring voice in this country. I don't know if you heard her speak, but just extraordinary. I think her, her present, her, um, her poem and her speech traveled around the world. It was extraordinary, uh, riveting. And we were just incredibly fortunate to have foreseen the power that she had and to, you know, enlist her in this uh, program that we did together with, you know, with Truist and the United Way in the, in the US. 
Yeah, and I, I think one of the reasons that it hits such a chord um, was that, and you notice that the purpose itself, inspiring and building better lives and communities, and, and the, the creative that we did with Amanda, it's not about banking. It's not even really about financial services. It's sort of like what banking and financial services could do for the world um, in, in uh, you know, done, done properly, you know, mm -hmm. it's really about improving communities. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons it really stood out as being different and just really right for, for the moment. So I, I, I've seen the Live United um, campaign as well as, you know, the, uh, the, the Biden speech. Um, what, what was it about her that made her the voice, the right voice at, at the right time? I think, um, again, we're, we're, we're very fortunate to be working with the marketing leadership at Truist who are, in my opinion, among the best in this industry. They really not only have a, a strong understanding of their purpose uh, to, you know, to engage in ways that demonstrate how they're working in the community, um, but they have a tactile sense of kind of content that is just culturally on point. And so when you start with that type of a relationship, it's easier to identify these types of opportunities. So when we brought Amanda, you know, I had seen um, a clip, uh, it's a, a very good friend of mine had sent me um, of Amanda. And I actually just, you know, reached out to her uh, and said, and she was, she was a, at the time, she was a student at Harvard. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm very impressed with how you hold yourself and how you, you know, you present yourself, it's so fresh and so genuine and, gen and just incredibly wonderful and inspiring. Uh, you know, I'd love to work with you on a, on a project. And then when the truest um, opportunity came around and we presented her as an option, they, truest, uh, our friends at Truist were incredibly receptive and, and basically ag agreed and decided that day they said she is extraordinary. Yes, let's do it, and and then we went from you know idea into planning the work uh, and how that would end up you know, turning into a tangible campaign. Um, but she's you know she's it it posed actually quite a lot of challenges because this all happened at the you know this was in I think you know the late spring mm -hmm. something like that. So you know the country was just you know, New York had just, the surge had happened in New York, but of course the surge was just on the rise across the rest of the country, including California where she was living uh, in LA. And, um, you know, it was a so difficult time and she's an extraordinary person. She has a twin sister, her and her sister live in a small apartment in LA with their mother and the mother had some um, issues that, uh, some medical concerns, so they didn't want to, she didn't want to uh, leave the apartment to shoot anything. So we had to work through a lot of those challenges. And Amanda is just such an incredibly collaborative, thoughtful, uh, creative individual. So we ended up sending a camera to her and she, her sister actually filmed her in her house. Wow. And edited that with other scenes that we shot elsewhere and then turned that into uh, part of the campaign. But it's, you know, I think obviously there was a, we were fortunate to identify with her. And I think Chip was incredibly helpful. And, you know, we were, we were 
discussing how we were going to do this and we and and just helping present her as a as a fresh voice you know it's really important today's world people are looking for new ideas new leaders new uh new a new generation and she really is such a extraordinary uh thoughtful uh genuine voice at, at this time but you know i i think the reason though that it that it also worked so well you know given that truest is a brand new brand so people didn't know much about it but we were also partnering with the united way that truest and you know and and, and then before it suntrust and bbnt um had had strong relationships with the united way um so it, so it was sort of something that had teeth to it. It wasn't just sort of a, you know, a, a, a nice, uh, a nice message. Um, so, so I think that, that those were two more things that made it uh, particularly effective. That's, that's a good point. And I, I love, I love the clip because it's kind of, you know, shadowy. I don't remember if it exactly was black and white, but it's definitely sort of gray. And, you know, there's this heaviness around some of the scenes that look, look like it's taking place in a school. There's, there's a janitor and, you know, there's this heaviness and sadness and Amanda comes on the screen and she's just like this young woman and she's beaming, you know, with smiling. And it's like that smile, that radiance just seemed to lift everybody in the, in the clip. Well, I think it's, it's really um, challenging to tell a story in, you know, 60 seconds, 30 seconds uh, and introduce her to the world. You know, she, most people didn't know who she was. You know, we had to put at the end of the film, first poet, you know, first youth, youth U.S. poet laureate. Um, but her voice and her words were so captivating that I think those captured people's imagination before we had introduced who she was. But then, you know, how do you tell that story? How do you do it in a way that, you know, in, in today's world, it's, it's really difficult to keep people interested for 30 seconds or 60 seconds, you know, we launched the 60 second national film in the United States. So to tell that story, we wanted her voice and the film is almost like, you know, two hour play Les Miserables, but done in 60 seconds. It's We wanted to build this momentum and drama. And so every scene is someone living their life in the middle of this pandemic and they hear her words and they stop and they, they listen and they lean in and they listen more deep, much more deeply. And that was the way we decided to solve this problem. We wanted to illustrate the idea that her words were incredibly weighty. They were saying something of great relevance and importance. And we wanted to magnify and dramatize that with the film. So, each individual is, as you correctly stated, you know, one scene is a gentleman who's a basketball coach in a gymnasium, which is completely empty because the students aren't at the school. And he stops because he hears her voice over the loudspeakers in the gym and he just stops what he's doing and it just rivets him. And then we cut to a, another scene of a, of a young child that's, you know, standing in front of an ice cream truck and the, again, over the speaker of the ice cream truck you see, you hear her words and both the ice cream, the woman serving the ice cream and the little boy just like stop in the middle of their exchange and are moved by her words. So each of those sequences 
was intended to magnify and amplify her, her words in such dramatic way. So that when we delivered her at the end, her, you know, we showed Amanda, we revealed her, you were like, wow, just, you know, it gives you goosebumps with great color and just incredible force and, and beautiful, uh, you know, the way she was shot by her sister, I might add, in her apartment. Uh, it just made the film so powerful. So, I mean, you guys did incredible work and I know our judges, you know, in, in awarding you guys the agency of the year, Strawberry Frog, there, 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 there was a lot of competitions, a lot of submissions. And I think one of the things that came through was just your work with Truist to really speak to the, the zeitgeist and the, and sort of the ethos of not necessarily what America was going through, but like kind of what America needed. And, um, I just, I'd love to end the, 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 this interview with addressing sort of that point where, you know, Truist in a way took on a leadership role with, with Amanda and that voice, um, of healing really. Um, can you, can you talk about that? Um, yeah, yeah. You, you mean to start out Scott and, um, then maybe you'll, uh, sort of uh, chime in with, you have a different point of view, but um, one of the things that we worked on with Truist um, right as the pandemic hit was to have our ear to the ground culturally on, on like a daily basis to try to figure out how are people feeling? How are our clients feeling? How are customers feeling? What is sort of the, the mood of the nation? Because, you know, worse than not really saying anything at that time was just go out with something that's tone deaf and that just you know didn't connect with with what pe people were feeling in this kind of extraordinary time so we uh, strawberry frog worked with truist to um do sort of pulse surveys conversations with customers and clients just mon social monitoring everything we could to just sort of figure out how people were feeling um, and i think the conclusion that we came to was that you know despite the fact that things were looking so dire that there was, there was just a real need and a desire for some sort of a message of inspiration um, and, and hopefulness. You know, if not optimism, at least inspiration and hopefulness. And it was kind of for this reason that I, I think when we started to look at the creative around uh, Amanda Gorman that the clients were immediately like, yeah, this, this is it. This, this is the approach that we think will, will just sort of hit the, just the right tone. Yeah, I think um, agree with Chip that that you know inspiration uh, and optimism was important, and I think you know there was two important um, objectives with the work. I think one was to to really sort of sort of lay a bed of empathy uh, that we felt uh, was necessary, you know, that in her words, she's highly inspirational, but she's also speaking about understanding the challenges that everyone's going through. And I think up to that point, we'd seen a lot of ads in the United States of people thanking nurses and, and thanking doctors and essential workers, but no one had really come out and, and really with a, with gravitas talked about the fact that there's a thriving world and there's a wilting world. And that the pandemic was creating more and more people in the wilting world and did it with such an outpouring of, of empathy and, and, and as Chip said, you know, inspiration. Uh, it really, I think, set, uh, uh, set this 
piece of work apart from everything. And I think that's what we try to, to do uh, here. Um, and I think we're fortunate in that we're able to work with clients that have the same goals. Uh, and again, in the case of Truist, they absolutely have that. Uh, the leadership, the marketing leadership have a remarkable way of seeing uh, their role in society, in the communities um, today. And, you know, I think before, uh, before the, um, the pandemic, you know, there's, there was grave inequality, there are grave inequality issues in the country, disruptive issues. And those moments uh, were not lost on the leadership of the organization, which is why they developed their purpose. And then when, when COVID hit, it just made it, you know, that much more at the center of it all. And I think when you have a purpose, it's almost like a sailing ship that if you have no purpose and you're not activating it, it's like a sailing ship without a rudder, without a keel. You just kind of flap wherever the wind takes you and you try to, you know, respond. Whereas if you have a purpose, you have a keel, you've got a rudder, you, you know where you're going and you can get there incredibly, uh, not, not, I wouldn't say it's easier, um, but it's extremely uh, more focused. Everyone's on the same page. You know, you've been through the process uh, of, of thinking about and understanding the purpose. And, it be, and then it's like, how do you turn that into a tangible, into, you know, into tangible examples of that as things get worse day by day? Um, and I think the work with Amanda helped us uh, bring that to light because we had done a lot of that thinking um, prior to uh, the pandemic and prior to the campaign that we did. And you guys have a book coming out, don't you? We do. And I'll let Chip describe what the book's about. But Chip, you know, if there's a silver lining to COVID, it, it's the fact that Chip and I were able to write a book uh, that put everything we just talked about into, uh, you know, a practical guide from how you move from a purpose strategy to actually activating it inside your company and also among your consumers. Chip, do you want to? Yeah, yeah. The book is called um, Activate Brand Purpose, uh, Harnessing the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company. Uh, hmm. And it's not indicated. I mean, it's really based on just our practical experience of uh, working with uh, clients or having clients come to us where they, um, you know, they developed a purpose, but they, they just didn't really know what to do with it or they hadn't done anything with it. Uh, and so the, the, there are tons of books out there about um, finding purpose, but there weren't any really about what do you do with it? How do you make it real? How do you activate it? And uh, so this book is uh, basically the, the remedy for that. And where can people find that book? You can pre-order it now on uh, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, as I said, I'm pre-ordering right now, mm -hmm. uh, it'll be sort of officially available March 31st, but, uh, on Amazon now. Well, that definitely, uh, shines through. Congratulations to you guys, to Strawberry Frog and to your client Truist for, uh, winning the agency of the year awarded, uh, Tear Sheets Acquire Awards. Thank you. We appreciate it. What an honor. And, uh, you're, um, doing, uh, some extraordinary things. I think in your space, it's so interesting to hear about, you know, a leader innovator in the financial category from a, from your perspective, you know, from a um, tear sheet. It's also very welcome and we appreciate reading your articles and content that you provide. 
Thank you. And thank you, Scott and Chip, for, for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks, Zach.